The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, and today it's magic. An hour of magic for all of our listeners with nationally recognized magician Bradley Field, who I must add has brought joy and excitement to many people of all ages, including young people with disabilities. I saw him perform. I saw him with children with disabilities. He is awesome, and what an honor it is for us to have on our show today, Bradley Fields. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Joyce. It's an honor to be with you. Well, I want for all of our listeners, everyone listening throughout the world, I have to ask you this first. What made you decide to become a magician? I mean, I'm wondering, did you think about this as a child? Did you like it as a child? I mean, what made you go this way? It's a long story. Um, when I was about six or seven years old, I, a magician came to my school. Uh, in the auditorium, and that was it. I was just, um, you know, that was the end of it for me. I was bedazzled. I was walking on air after that show. I couldn't see anything else. Because right in the middle of, uh, you know, I was, I was maybe in the first or second grade, uh, just the boredom of school and everyday life. Right away there was uh, wonder and awe and mystery and a little keyhole into the sublime, and it leaves you in a state of bedazzlement, which has stayed with me uh, to this day. When I lose it, I try to bring it back. So after the show, I went right off to the public library and uh, got books on magic. I was just learning to read. Um, and that was the beginning. That was the beginning for me. Now, and I, before that, I thought, you know, there were magicians on television back then, which were really fast. There was a guy, I remember I lived in New York, so there was a local show, had Popeye the Sailor, and in between they had a, uh, a magician who went, you know, turned uh, flour and sugar into a package of Hostess Twinkies, that kind of thing. And it always got me, but when I saw it live, then it really got me. Now, how, how old did you say you were? I think I was young. I was like six or seven. I can't put an exact age on it, but I was still in that, uh, in that you know, childlike frame of mind before, uh, you know, before you lose it, you know, before You know why I'm bringing that up is I always tell people, always remember a child is watching. You know, sometimes as an adult, whether we're in entertainment such as you or a public speaker or just a mother or father or aunt or uncle or whatever it is you're doing, but you have, you have no idea, especially when you're a celebrity such as yourself, how you impact people. And look, an example is the guy that came to your school. Oh, absolutely. And I'm very aware all the time, uh, especially when I do shows with kids in the audience. Sometimes I do shows like for kid audiences, but sometimes I'm just doing a show and there are kids in the audience. And I'm very aware of my role. And, um, you know, it's a thrill, really. It is. I think so, too. Well, okay. Now, when you were growing up, who were some of the stars who influenced you? Oh, in magic? Uh, uh, you know, going back, well, I was lucky enough to meet a man named Al Flosso, who was uh, an American original. He was a little bit like W.C. Fields. Uh, he was known as the Coney Island Faker. And he uh, was one of the great magicians, and he, had a, he actually had a magic shop on uh, West 34th Street that I used to visit. And I got to know him well, 
and he was a real character. And in his shop, up would uh, up, up to his shop would come some of the great um, magicians from the past, from vaudeville. Dunninger, the amazing Dunninger, who was Houdini's closest confidant, and uh, so many others. And I would just sit there and take it in and watch them and the way they um, the way they were. Um, I was also lucky enough to become an assistant to a magician, a wonderful magician named Jack Adams. And uh, I traveled with him and did uh, club dates and schools and television shows. And I used to watch the Ed Sullivan show. That dates me a little bit. Uh, But Ed Sullivan had, oh, not only magicians, but I used to watch all the great comedians. I remember when Marcel Marceau uh, hit, he made a big impression on me. Um, after that first show that I saw at the school, uh, I don't know if you remember Shari Lewis with, with uh, yes. Lamb Chop. Yes, Her I father do. was actually quite an avid amateur magician, and I got to see him um, uh, when I was young. So all these things made a big impression on me. Okay, well, here we have our first question from a listener in Indiana, and it is, uh, Mr. Fields, I think that magic is so exciting, and you know, not that many people think of going into this field, but if your child does, here's my question. How do you think it would impact someone if they used a wheelchair and had a disability? Someone with a wheelchair going into magic? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there's a type of magic, and today we call it close-up magic. And I should say, actually, though, there is a, a, a very well-known magician who does a big stage show, and he is in a wheelchair and had a very successful stage show years ago. So I would say go for it. And um, I would say go for it if, you, if that's what you really like. And as I say, with the close-up magic, which is sleight of hand, things you can do with your hands, uh, it's terrific. Um, it, it just, uh, it's great as therapy, too. Um, just as, a, just as a hobby, not even to be professional, but just as a hobby, it's just a wonderful thing to get into and just have hours and hours of, uh, of fun with it. Well, you know what? I say go for it also because Brad already gave you an example of different things you can do. It's like anything in life. You know, you just tailor it to whatever the situation is, uh, but I certainly would not, not let it stop me from moving forward. So. I agree with you. I think that is. Uh, I can tell you one of the greatest magicians in the world today has one arm. He's very well known from Argentina and does astounding sleight of hand with one hand. So um, if you're creative, um, really, it's amazing what you can do. How about that? That's a very good example. Yeah. Yeah, that is a great example. Now, um, a question I have here right from Pittsburgh is, Mr. Fields, when people go into magic, do they go to a school, uh, a training academy? How do they study magic? Uh, there's no one way. Um, no one way. No one way. When I started out, I was lucky. It was serendipitous. I met this magician, and uh, he kind of took me under his wing. And um, I, as I say, traveled around, and I learned the business. Uh, other than that, the best thing I always tell kids, or the thing is go to the library and get books on magic. You know, there's a section, you go to your local library, there's a section on magic. Get as many books as you can. And nowadays there are videos which teach you tricks and so forth. Uh, so there's a lot of ways to get into it. Uh, what else? If there's a local magic shop, that's usually a good way to get in. And uh, the main thing is, though, to be yourself and use your creativity and see what it is in magic that you want to do and not just copy everybody else. Although when you start out, everybody's copying everybody else. But sooner or later, you, you so therefore, to... it is not a requirement that you go to, that you have some type of designation. 
in order to be a magician? Designation how? Through a school. No, 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 absolutely not, no. Most, most great magicians came up the hard way. You just start doing shows. People started doing shows and side shows, carnivals, uh, you name it. Um, birthday. I started off doing birthday parties, actually, when I was 13. And uh, at first you're bad. <laughs> you have to be bad someplace, right? And then you get better and better. And just watch, you know, find some uh, performers who you really like and watch them and learn as much as you can. Um, I think books are a good place to start, though. Okay. All right, here from a Nathan in Ohio. Mr. Fields, when you went into this field, how did you overcome your fear of standing before people, especially if someone in the audience gave you a hard time? Oh, well, that's any performer. That's not magic. I mean, that's comedy or acting or anything you go into. Uh, you just have to work a lot. The answer is work, 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 work. You get up in front of people as much as you can. I remember once when I was very young, a kid, uh, I got a job, and I was um, I was in Central Park on a, in the band shell, and there were thousands of people out there. And I was, I, I guess I must have been 13 or 14, not even 14, and I remember my leg just started shaking and shaking and shaking, and I couldn't stop it. <laughs> but the more you do, uh, the more comfortable you get up there. It goes away after a while, and you realize that. Uh, and also, know your stuff. I mean, practice, 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 till you can do it in your sleep. And then you feel better about going out there. You know what? And isn't it that way, as you said, with anything? I always tell people, whether it's public speaking, speaking, uh, singing, playing a sport, you know, being a magician, whatever it is, you know, it's not that uh, Bradley woke up one day and there he is. He could do it all. I mean, it takes years it takes of hard years. work and practice, practice, practice. And, you know, if you don't practice, it's not worth doing it. Anything that's worthwhile comes with some difficulty, I think. Don't you agree? Oh, yes. It's more yeah. rewarding. And yes, that's why uh, Gary Player, the golfer, one sure. time a woman said to him, I'd give anything to hit the ball like you. And he said, no, 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 you wouldn't. You give anything to hit the ball like me right now. But without the years of getting up every day, and even as a teenager hitting 500 golf balls till until my hands bled and then hitting 500 more. Uh, you know, and isn't that the way it is? It's never that you just, here I am, I know how to do this. I mean, it really does take hard work and practice, and you must have the passion that you hear this man has on the phone if, you really want to be good at what you're doing. And trust me, I've seen him, and he is really, really good. If you just joined us today, I'm talking to Bradley Fields, nationally recognized magician and celebrity who I had the great pleasure of seeing perform. He is fantastic. We will be talking to him more when we come back. But right now, we have to go to break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters, at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away, and we'll be back with magic. Have you ever thought about having your own Internet talk show? Well, if you said yes, then click About Us. Then click Be a Host to get more information. 
or just call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417. Say that again. 480-294-6417. VoiceAmerica.com. Mom? Dad? How long should I wait for you? Mom? If I'm at soccer practice. What if something happens? Will you come get me? There's no reason not to have a plan in case of a terrorist attack. Mom, if you're not home, should we go to the neighbor's house? And some extremely good reasons why you should. Can you tell me? Everybody should have a plan. Take five minutes to talk about where you'll meet and how you'll get in touch with each other in an emergency. For other things you can do to be prepared, visit www.ready.gov. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And welcome back. If you just joined us, you are in for a treat because we have Bradley Fields, nationally known magician, Actually, great celebrity. I saw him perform for the National Epilepsy Foundation, and he is just so, so good. It's an honor to have him on the show with us today. I want to ask you a question, Bradley. Would you say that in history, Houdini would be remembered, will be remembered as the greatest magician, um, or is he thought of more as an illusionist, and could you tell the difference to our audience? Uh, I'm not sure of the difference. Uh, I mean, magicians uh, are illusionists. Sometimes there's a distinction made between illusionists doing large, big tricks, making elephants disappear, that kind of thing, whereas a magician would be an overall word for um, people who can do card tricks, make elephants disappear, and so on. But people who specialize in large illusions, they're called, are generally called illusionists, but I think it applies either way. Houdini was known really as, a, as an escape artist because he could get out of anything, handcuffs, straitjackets, whatever, he could get out of it. Uh, he started off young doing just magic tricks, and uh, when he started doing the escape stuff, that took off, and uh, the famous impresario Martin Beck said, you know, drop the magic, just do the escape. So he did a lot of escapes for many years, and then he brought magic back into the show um, the fact that we're talking about him today, a hundred years after his heyday in vaudeville, um, speaks a lot about um, his renown in the world. I don't. If you had to say one person, give one name for magic, everybody would say Houdini. I think. Yeah. So it's quite extraordinary. Um, and that is a very good point that you're making. You know, that would be if that would be the Jeopardy question. That would be the answer. And, and, and you know what? I'll tell you the truth. I remember. You know the movie. There was a movie about him or something. I mean, sure, I, I with Tony re- Curtis. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I remember that movie when I was uh, growing up, and I just remember I thought he was just wow, so 
unbelievable. And, and still to this day, yeah. If, if you're in Las Vegas and you go into like in New York, New York, if you go into the Magic Show, yeah, a store. I'm sorry, they have books everywhere. And who is it? Houdini. Yeah, Houdini, Houdini, Houdini. Mm-hmm. He was quite a guy. And as I say, when I was young, I used to go uh, into this one particular magic shop, and a lot of the old vaudevillians would come in there who were close to Houdini, knew Houdini. So I have sort of a line back there to him. And uh, I get a feeling for the times back then and uh, the kind of showmanship he had. You have to realize back then there was no television, no radio, uh, just newspapers, and he would have his name splashed all over the newspapers to get people into the theaters. Once they got to the vaudeville theater, you have to remember he was just a vaudevillian. There were nine other people on the, on the bill with him, and he would go out there without a microphone, without anything, and have to keep people in the palm of his hand. Um, you know, quite quite a thing, really. So he was world renowned, and ultimately, though, it came down to a to a, to an act on a stage. Um, quite quite a guy. Uh, I'll tell you something funny. I years ago uh, I met a guy who was a famous documentary filmmaker, and he was he was this is back in the 1970s. I guess he must have been about 70 years old. So that he is remembering. He said, "Oh, when I was a kid, my father used to take me to vaudeville every Sunday. I saw all the great magicians, and he'd say, oh, how wonderful, wonderful.'" And then he stopped himself and said, "Oh, but you know who the greatest of them all was?" I said, "Who?" And he said, "Houdini." And I said, what made him so great? And he said, he was different from every other magician. Every other magician had a kind of mysterioso quality, whereas he came out there as a regular guy who was scientific about everything and would you know, defy the audience. Everything I do is scientific, can have an explanation. You will never fathom how. But, you know, but I will do So he had this whole different persona about him, and he was a very... Um, protean kind of individual extremely energetic always working and uh he kept the whole world uh really in the palm of his hand for many years yeah he did i mean just the fact that as you mentioned prior to tv radio that this man was known worldwide is unbelievable yeah he was just a showman if you ask if he's a magician or an illusionist i would say he was just an extraordinary showman and a great entertainer now now what was his greatest trick what was he the most as an escape artist. Well, you know, it's funny. I was just mentioning this gentleman who had seen him probably 60 years before and still remembered him, and I asked him that question, and he said, you know, I don't remember anything he did. I just remember him. And I think that's the greatest trick of perhaps any entertainer is that they remember you more than they remember the trick, if, if that makes sense to you. Wow. You know, they, they, they remember your persona, your, uh, you. you. Mm-hmm. And uh, other people had tried to imitate uh, Houdini's tricks, and as his wife once said, yeah, they, they, you know, they, they're doing everything. The only problem is they're not Houdini. Mm-hmm. So you could say that again about, oh, an actor or a comedian who can say, uh, what was an actor's greatest line? Well, you can remember a few classic lines maybe, like, uh, you know, play it again, Sam, or something like that. But in general, you remember the actor and not the lines that the actor spoke. Well, you know, for example, still people, when they're talking... If someone does something very mysterious or magical, and you'll sometimes hear them say, what is that? Is he a Houdini or what? I mean, pe- you know, people yeah. even use his name to describe some, or or if it's some, like, they disappeared. What was that? Was that a Houdini? Yeah. I mean, they still use his name that way. So. It's in the dictionary. Yeah. Yeah, I think as a noun and a verb. Unbelievable. To Houdinize, I think, is a verb. Yeah, unbelievable. Well, how about today? Who would you say is the most well-known or 
you know, most recognized name today? Besides me? Other than you. I forgot to add that. Excuse me. Other than Bradley Field. I don't know. You know, I, I, you know I, to be honest with you, Joyce, I don't really watch other magicians very much. Um, let's see. Before he died, I thought Doug Henning was really good, and he really made a name for himself because uh, before me, we're kind of contemporaries. I guess he's a little older than I am, but um, uh, he was the first magician in quite a long time to get a primetime special on television. I think it was on uh, uh, Thanksgiving Eve or New Year's Eve somewhere, or Christmas Eve somewhere that had a big viewer. And I think he had the largest viewership of any television show uh, in the entire year. So he did a lot to bring magic back, and he did it in a way, with, in, a, in a nice way. He had a good spirit, and he believed in magic. And uh, so I thought he was quite good and did a lot, did a lot for magic. Um, other than him, Gee, I can't say, you know, I really don't watch. To be, be totally honest, um, the kind of Las Vegas magic that they have does not appeal to me. Uh, you know, I like stuff which is uh, life-affirming and uplifting and magical, and I don't tend to like stuff which is vulgar and um, sort of brings you down. So I don't watch. It's like, you know, reality shows on television. I never mm. watch them. I just mm. think they're a downer. And I like, uh, you know, more um, entertaining stuff with a little art, a little craft. Um, so I can't think of anybody. I, I like Doug. Um, who else is there out there? I don't know. Well, I I have to say they keep changing. That's what I'd say. You know, over the past several years, I mean, there's been different ones that are well-known, but they keep changing. So, I mean, it, it it is that it has moved to what you said. It has moved more to the big Las Vegas act or the big, it, you know, the yeah. Make the whatever disappear. Make, make yeah, and it, 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 you can't blame actually the performers. Actually, I have a um, an agent up in Canada, and um, they're booking me doing. I do a lot of performing art centers and theaters, um, and that's really my my venue there. Theaters, performing arts centers, the, the more arty kind of stuff, entertaining kind of stuff. But I said, well, what about booking me up in Canada in a um, you know casino because they do casinos. And they said all the casinos will book are huge acts with puffs of smoke and this and that, and uh, that just doesn't interest me. It's just not to me. I don't. I can't sit through it. I find it really dull. And uh, again, I like a performer with some talent rather than just a spectacle. Well, <clears throat> this leads to our next question from Delaware, and that is, uh, Mr. Fields, do you perform in other parts of the world, and do you go on tour? Oh, yes. Uh, I've been to China. Uh, I was in Beijing. I did two weeks in Beijing and then did a week in Hong Kong. And uh, I, I lived in France for a number of years and uh, did it all over Paris. And uh, I performed in England. I just did a show at a little theater on the West End in London. It was a lot of fun. So I've been around. And magic is fairly universal. Like when I went to China, I was very um, honored uh, my hosts there, I was a host of the guest of the government, and uh, they really gave me the red carpet treatment, and they took me everywhere to the Great Wall and the Forbidden City and so on. And one of the things they did, they took me to um, Beijing Opera House, one of the great opera houses where they have very stylized Chinese actors. And uh, they put me in costume and makeup, and I posed with them. It was really a lot of fun. Uh, after they were just going washu washu, which means magic, magic, and these very highly trained actors—I mean, very—you know—from the time they're five years old, they were jumping up and down, you know, for magic tricks. So 
So it's something very universal in it. And uh, no matter where I go, uh, there's slight differences in reaction, uh, yet it's perhaps the most universal uh, of all the, uh, I don't know if it's the most universal, but it's, it's quite universal. There's something very uh, primitive inside people of for wanting amazement and wonder and that kind of thing. Well, now, this was a question I was going to ask you. When you go to other countries, is the reaction different everywhere? Or it, according to you right now, it sounds like it's similar. It's pretty similar. Now, I find um, that, the, for example, I thought the British audiences at first are a little more reserved mm-hmm. uh, just because that's the way they're taught, especially mm-hmm. kids are, you know, quote-unquote, more you know, well brought up, so they will be quiet rather than, you know, <laughs> You know, when I ask them for an answer, I say, what do you think, kids? And so they would be a little more at first, but then they loosen up. Um, the French are the French. They, they defy uh, any kind of explanation at all. Uh, Chinese were, um, yeah, I would say it's you know, pretty much the same all over, especially when you have kids. When you have kids or kids all over the world, uh, grown-ups will behave. They have different protocol, but people pretty much react wherever you go. When you performed in China, you had to have someone as your interpreter then? Yes, I did. I had a lovely young girl, and uh, she stood, uh, you know, in front of the stage. And when I talked, she would translate. She would interpret, rather. And I learned a few Chinese words, uh, a few things. I could say a few things. uh, For the most part, that she would have to interpret. What does that do to the show? I mean, do you, does, do you, it slows it down. Yeah, it's a little harder, but yeah, there's a lot visual going on. And I did some jokes with the audience trying to speak Chinese and so forth, and they were still very appreciative, very very nice. Well, you know, if you did this same show, yeah, at Gallaudet University, you'd have to have a sign language interpreter. I've had that too. You know, as I say, uh, besides theaters and performing arts centers. Uh, I will go into schools and um, a lot of different places, and they'll say, you know, we have one kid here who is hard of hearing or deaf, and uh, can you, um, you know, we have, a, we have a, an interpreter, or sometimes they have a little um, a microphone that goes by radio into their ear, and they can hear, they're able to make things out. So um, it, because it's so visual, um, they follow along. All right, here we have time for one last question, and it is a magic question, and it is also from Philadelphia, and the question is, Mr. Fields, when I think about magic when I was growing up, it seems that every, th- every time you think of it, you think of the magician pulling the rabbit out of the hat. My question is, was that at one time years and years ago like the famous trick? Is that why we feel that way? Yeah, it somehow became a classic. Who knows why people latch on to things, but that just became a classic. Um, uh, I think the first one to do it, I don't know if the first was Alexander Herman back in the 19th century. Uh, anyway, he made a big hit with it. Um, and it just became, oh, others did it too, uh, Devant and so forth. Uh, I don't know, it just became a-, a favorite. It was just sort of an incongruous thing to come out of the hat. And it, was, it has the... the um, it's delightful. You know, it's charming. It's delightful. It's uh, unexpected. And it depends how you do it. If it's a surprise, um, usually it would it, uh, be a surprise. A lot of other things would be going on. Then he'd lift up the hat and oh, a rabbit would come out on top of everything else. So it was the thing they remember. The other one would be, if I had to say one thing, is sawing a woman in half. Mm-hmm. That's the people. That's the thing. People will come up to me all the time. Sewing a woman in half. Sewing a woman. In half. So um, I guess those two things, for some reason, don't know why, 
became, um, you know, the, we should say a magician, pulls a rabbit out of a hat, he saws a lady in half. And uh, why, I don't know. It's yeah. clear. It's you know something you can. It's strange, but it's true because it's just... that is probably if you did again a questionnaire and named the top few tricks, that probably would be the two out of the three would be the two that you. And it's mentioned. easy to describe. You know, it's it's if you said I he did a trick where uh, he had these cards and then he took out four kings and then he turned them up. Yeah, it's too long. And he just pulled a rabbit out of a hat. Got it. Mm-hmm. Saw a woman in half. Got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and so entertaining, so mesmerizing to the audience. Although, I don't want to be the saw the woman in half. No. (laughs) I love the pull the rabbit out of the half much more, but that's just me. You are listening to Bradley Fields. Isn't he delightful? Someone you need to see, a great magician. You are listening to Voice America, another magical show. Where disability does matter. Don't go away, and we'll be right back with Bradley Fields and Magic. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, (laughs) she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm Uh-huh. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at bornlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. If you have a question or comment, call in toll free at 1 866 472 5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. And welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, what a great show it is because we have as our guest Bradley Fields, great magician, internationally known. As he just pointed out to us when we were talking a little bit earlier, I saw him in the United States, and he just does such a great show. It's an honor to have him on with us today. And you know what? Now, we've been talking about 
all these magicians and Houdini, and it really is so interesting. But, Bradley, why don't you tell our listeners about your show and the types of audience you have performed for so they have a better idea of what it would be like to go see you. Well, I have a, a number of shows, actually, and I've done all kinds of I, everything. I do uh, you know, fundraisers and corporate events, and I started out doing uh, colleges and coffee houses and nightclubs and, um, you know, sort of theaters, of course. I, always, I made my uh, home in the theaters more than nightclubs. I like theaters and performing arts centers, but I've been in, you know, Parisian cabarets and uh, all kinds of situations. Um, uh, uh, I do a show called Math and Magic, which is about math, uh, M-A-T-H, math, the thing everybody hates, or I don't know if they hate it, but it's a show about the magic of math, which I do for kids all over the country, and we go into performing arts centers and theaters, and sometimes we actually go into schools, and sometimes we'll have as many as 2,000 kids there in a theater, and so that's a real thrill, and uh, in that show... I do some magic, like uh, dividing a lady into three parts. That's for division. And uh, it all ties in with math somehow. And we go back to the ancient Egyptians and the Greeks and the Romans and how they made discoveries about numbers and how the first magicians were really mathematicians. And because they understood math, they were able to do things no one could understand. And uh, so that's a show that I do a lot of, and I love doing it. I have another show now called Out of Thin Air, and that's the one we, uh, where I did along with Math and Magic uh, in, uh, on this little theater in London on the West End, which was a, really a lot of fun. And there I go back to, um, uh, I was talking to you at the beginning of the show about Al Floss, the great magician, who started off doing carnivals and circuses and so forth, and I go back to that time. And the feeling of wonder and magic as if you were standing outside on a, on a, on a fairground and someone came out and say, just take a peek behind the tent, and you'll see wonders and mysteries. And uh, so it has a theme like that, and I do um, all kinds of stuff. I, I levitate uh, somebody in the show, and I divide a lady into three parts, and I do uh, uh, oh, my partner disappears and then reappears. We do a whole story about uh, going to India. We talk about uh, the yogis in India uh, back around the... Uh, turn of the last century, people came back, or even in the 1850s and 60s, travelers who had gone to the Far East would come back with stories of miracles, people climbing ropes and disappearing in the clouds, uh, people disappearing and so forth. So I do a whole, um, a whole uh, little piece about that. And it's all with costume and music and drama. And a sense, again, as I say, of really a childlike uh, look at magic as opposed to... Um, a more Vegas kind of thing, which is uh, more slick and so forth. And uh, so that's a lot of fun. And then, of course, as I say, I do all these uh, just regular magic shows. People say, like we did at this show for the uh, kids at the, the, the Epilepsy Foundation, uh, and I just bring myself and a lot of fun and a lot of tricks and, uh, uh, and just give them a regular show. So, listen, whenever you... Um... You were talking about that math and magic show. I think that's awesome that you do that. I, think I love that's it. Great. You know, I love kids, and um, I love grown-ups. So I did years and years. I did nightclubs and grown-up shows. That's really where I, I, I cut my teeth more there than with kids. And uh, but I've done always done children's shows, and here I get to like make I think a little impact in education. And um, that's really a thrill because I have one. I tell you, I was just up at Yale University uh, a few weeks ago. I do the Schubert Theater up in um, New Haven every year. And uh, I was walking around Yale, 
and somebody had recognized me. They said, weren't you in Florida? I said, yes. And they said, well, this is my daughter, and we're from, from Florida, and we saw your show down there. And she's now, you know, she showed you Math and Magic show, and now she just accepted at Yale. Uh, not because of me, but it's nice to be remembered like 10 wow. years later, you know. So it does give me a thrill, and I've had kids who have written me letters and things of how they're going off to college, and they saw my show when they were in the fourth grade or something. So it really is a thrill. And, um, you know, a lot of kids don't fit in very well to school, and this gives them maybe a little window where, they have some way of of connecting in a way that maybe they wouldn't have before. Yeah. Now, what is that all ages you do that show for? I do like K through 8, and we often break it down. We'll go like K through 3 and then 4 through 8 or uh, K through 2 and 3 through 5 or some, sometimes 6, 7, 8. I break it down usually a little by age group, but I, can't, I have done K through 8 shows. Uh, high school, you're not a kid anymore as far as I'm concerned. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, well, Ashley... I think it's great you do it in elementary age because that's when you're going to have the impact of getting the person interested. Well, as I said before, Joyce, that what got me interested, when I was a kid, I saw a magician, you know, in my school, and that's what got me. So, um, uh, you know, I've done done stuff. I was on Broadway. I've done, like, off-Broadway. I've done, like, big shows of, you know, Las Vegas, that kind of thing. It means absolutely nothing. As long as there's people in front of you, and you're doing a show, that's really what's important. You're connecting with other people. Some of my best shows were in, like, a gym. Um, so it really, I mean, it's nice to, I'll be honest, it's nice to have the lights and the stage and the whole thing. Um, but uh, any place you can make the magic happen, it's always, it's always uh, a real thrill. I agree with you so much. Tell me something. What did you do on Broadway and off-Broadway? I did, did a do? thing, uh, there was a show way back when called Barnum. Uh, it starred Jim Dale, who was a great uh, actor. And um, originally they said, look, it's a show about circus. We don't want any magic. But I somehow got to audition anyway. And um, they said, we want you in the show, but we don't want any magic. And they said, could you do something? Uh... Anyway, I said, look, why don't we write something in where I play a barker? And as people are actually coming in the door, I'll be in costume. And I had them create like a, a kind of circus wagon for me. And the idea was that I would be you know, telling him to come in, step inside the send. I used to say, step right up, welcome to a comprehensive exhibition of wonders and miracles gone and gathered from the four corners of the earth. So I played this Barker character and did magic tricks in between. And uh, the late uh, Michael Stewart worked on that with me. He was a great uh, writer. He wrote uh, Bye Bye Birdie and uh, Hello Dolly and so forth. So that was, that was really a lot of fun. And uh, I've done uh, i done my own show off Broadway actually many years ago, and I once did it as a um, a um, uh, like an audition piece uh, to get onto Broadway, and uh, that was when Doug Henning had the magic show on Broadway, and they said, well, we already have a magic show on Broadway, and so people weren't interested, <laughs> but that was okay, and uh, yeah, so I've been all over, done a lot of stuff. Well, and, uh, you and you are. Really good. I want to tell you, if you're listening to the show today, we're talking to Bradley Fields, who is a world-known musician. May I just say something about him as a magician? I am the chair-elect of the Epilepsy Foundation, so next year I'll be the chair of the board. And, of course, I'm also a woman with epilepsy, so this is all, as you all know, near and dear to my heart. And I was in Washington, D.C. at our National Kids Speak Up 
event, which I spoke at, and then I went next door. You know, I went next door to the dinner, and they said, oh, by the way, you know, we brought in unbelievable entertainment uh, for all the kids, this you know, magician Bradley Field. And I've been there many times, and I'm going to tell you what, you have all these kids, a lot of them, and it is very hard to keep their attention, and he had them. He had them, and what I liked about him, he treated everyone the same, everyone with respect. None of this, oh, here I am with these kids with, you know, epilepsy and, you know, acted different about it. Everyone, and they loved him. They loved him. Well, you know, I loved him back. Um, you, know, you, you wouldn't necessarily even know that they had epilepsy uh, you know, while doing the show. And... Um, uh, they were really. It's it's really a pleasure to come in where the kids were so thrilled and excited and expecting, and you know to be appreciated. I mean, I've done shows in front of drunks and you know nightclubs, not as rewarding, Joyce, not as rewarding. So um, it was it was really a pleasure to be there with them, and they were all really really lovely kids, really really nice. And yeah. afterwards, we bonded. <laughs> so it was a lot of fun. And, and you know what else? It's a friend of mine, James Munton. Actually, I got that. He's also a magician out in Texas, and he said, you know, I've got this job, I can't do it, and it's in Washington, do you want to, and I, I got excited, actually, about doing this particular show, because I'm doing the big theaters, and I'm going into schools and so forth, and I hadn't done, like, a regular, just a gig like that in a long time, where you show up, and, um, you know, it's an impossible situation, uh, in the sense that, you know, there's tables in the wrong place, and chairs in the wrong place, and, uh, uh, you know, I asked if I could put my stuff on the uh, tray that the, the busboy had, and they said no. <laughs> you know, so it's a usual kind of situation. Uh, so I, I, I longed to go, because when I started out, as I said, I worked for a magician, and I was his assistant. And that, we did a lot of those. And actually, they're a lot of fun. You know, you just show up, and you, you, make, you, know, you make it happen. You come into the middle of a situation, and, you know, you make the entertainment. All of a sudden, there you are, and you try to just transform a um a situation you just try to transform it into uh transform the atmosphere and all of a sudden there's a show going on and that's really a thrill to do yeah and and you know what the other thing i love about him is obviously he's very famous and he's performed as you already have heard if you've been listening to the show china you know paris las vegas casinos big events and, and, you know, here, here he is coming to the Epilepsy Foundation, which I'm very proud of because, you know, we are a large organization, but nonetheless, not the same as what I'm talking about prior, and yet he gave 120%. He did that shows if there were 10,000 people in the audience. Well, that's, that's the only way to do it. <laughs> that's what I really, really liked about you. And I want to tell you what, remember, if you're listening to this show, I'm telling you, he had them. He had all ages. You know, this was different ages, these kids, boys and girls, and they were just spellbound. Oh, they loved him. We're still hearing about it, and we're going to tell you when we come back how to get in touch with him so you can see the magic yourself. If you just joined us, make sure you tell your friends to go back and listen to this show. This is Joyce Bender. America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back to close the show with our magic act, 
Bradley Field. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. I'm Garcelle Beauvais-Nylon. When I played a DA on NYPD Blue, I got all the facts before trying a case. Yet many don't know the facts about epilepsy. There are two and a half million Americans with the condition, and one in ten Americans will have a seizure in their lifetime. People with epilepsy want to lead normal lives, but too many of us don't know what epilepsy is or what to do if someone has a seizure. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org or call 1-800-332-1000. In the great scheme of things, a minute isn't all that much, unless you happen to have a stroke. All of a sudden, those minutes count. Minutes that could mean losing your ability to talk, move, or walk. Which is why, if you can get help in time, your stroke can be treated. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face. If you experience this, call 911 immediately. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. And it's magic, it's magic time. If you just tuned in with us again, I have had the pleasure of having as our guest this hour, Bradley Field. Talk about magic. It seems like I've only been talking to you a few minutes, so you must have performed one of your tricks while we're on the air. Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> but I saw him in Washington, D.C., at the National Epilepsy Foundation with all these kids across the country, you know, elementary to teenagers with epilepsy, and he just, do you know how hard it is to get kids' attention today? Let me tell you, he had them, even after he left he still had them. They just loved him. And I wanted to ask you, if someone is interested in seeing you perform or wants to book you for some event, how do they see where you're performing and how do they reach you? Well, if you want, the best place, I think, is to go to my website, bradleyfields.com, and uh, you can contact us from there, bradleyfields.com. or you can, uh, we have a 1-800 number here at the office, which is 1-800-449-6284. Or that's 1-800-449-MATH, math, because I told you we did the Math of Magic show, so it's easy to remember, 449-MATH. Um, or you go to the website, and uh, you can email us from there or give a call. And on the website, you can see some videos. We have a couple of videos up. And actually, I'm getting a whole brand new website. This website's a little old. It's like seven, eight years old. So I'm hoping that by July, we'll have a whole new spiffy one with Flash and all that other fancy stuff they have nowadays. So, um, But you can go to the website, watch the videos, uh, uh, contact us from there, and we'll be thrilled to uh, talk to you. Okay. And again, you also, didn't you say you also perform at schools? Yes, I did. We do, we do, I've been, oh, geez, thousands, literally thousands of schools over the past 20 years with this show, Math and Magic. 
Um, I find it's better. Uh, we, we do go into schools, but we like doing like whole school-wide districts. We do right. that. So yeah. um, we have the whole like a whole school district. We'll have a math day or something like that, and they'll come over to the high school or a nice auditorium or a local theater. And that way I can do a bigger show. We have a whole multimedia show that I do with, um, you know, rear projections and so forth. So it's bigger than you can just do in a little school auditorium or, uh, you know, gymnasium or something like that. So, uh, so we have whole school districts come because it's all about math. So they not only learn math and the magic of math, uh, they also learn about ancient civilizations and language and uh, word etymologies and all kinds of stuff. It's really a show about learning and about connecting it with magic, that there's magic in everything. And there's magic in magic, so they get to see a lot of magic. <laughs> and uh, I always thought that what gets kids excited about learning is to get into that state of wonder where your mind is open and you know, anything is possible and you start thinking of all different kinds of possibilities. Uh, so that's what I try to do with that show. And, um, you know, and again, we do a lot, a lot of theaters and performing arts centers, and they bus kids uh, from schools into the performing arts centers. So I do, like, huge places like, um, oh, I, I can't think offhand, but so many of them all across the country, coast to coast, and it's great. You'll see a 1,000 or 2,000 kids, you know, marching from, uh, orange school buses into an auditorium, and we fill the place, and they're cheering, and it's really terrific. And um, but I've been doing so much of that. That's why I wanted to get back to do, doing just straight regular magic, uh, which was a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you right now. I know I myself when I am talking to any groups where they have huge conventions. Uh, or, or any of the other large organizations. If you're listening to this show today, whether you're uh, MS Society, Autism, no matter what the group is, I'm telling you, you can't go wrong when you have a national event with getting him in there. He really does a good job. And as he sort of alluded to earlier in the show, he is a professional. You know, you don't have to worry about anything being inappropriate. He is extremely professional you won't be disappointed and and these kids just love him i mean my biggest problem was when he wanted to end the show because they didn't want that show to end so i'm telling you i know i'll be recommending him and referring him but you know you can't go wrong if you get in touch with him bradley fields www.bradleyfields.com so bradley the last two questions i'm going to ask you i have asked every guest who's ever been on the show, from Jeffrey Deaver, the famous... Uh, by the way, Jeffrey Deaver, I talked to him today, the great mystery author. You all know him. He wrote uh, Bone Collector, the movie with Denzel Washington and Angelina Jolie. Remember, the lead character, Lincoln Rhymes, is in a wheelchair. Look out. He has a new book coming out, and we got to support him for everything he's doing. But from Jeffrey Deaver to uh, Congressman Quello, to President Bush's sister, to NFL star Alan Fanica, I asked them all this question. In your life, you have accomplished so much, which obviously you have with everything you've told us. What would you say you are the proudest of? Oh, Joyce. Um, I, would <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound too corny, but the next thing that I'm going to be doing... Uh, uh, you know, it's not good to look back too much, right? And uh, 
so I'm moving more. I'm doing um, more. I'm doing keynote speaking without magic. I'm doing a lot of keynote speaking, and I'm um, slowly moving back to doing more, like on your show, more media, radio, and television, and that's always exciting. And um, who knows where it's going to go? But I would say, uh, if you want to know the thing I'm most proud of, of uh, proudest of, I would say is talking to you right now. How about that? Oh well, you know what? <laughs> I'm proud to be having you on this show, and I just hope everyone, you know, don't miss it. It is really a great show. I loved it, and I can tell you, I know I'll be seeing him again. You can count on that. Now, Bradley, what the second question that we ask everyone who has ever been on this show is: What message? What message would you like to leave with our listeners throughout the world listening to you today? Oh, gee, you know, I, I, offhand, what message would I like to leave? Well, just thank you so much for having me on. It's been a real pleasure. And um, keep the magic alive. And uh, within, no, matter, no matter how jaded you get, no matter how jaded you get, underneath there, there's always a little sense of wonder that you had when you were a kid. And I always tell people, you know, stay with it. You know, you let it come alive every now and then. And uh, it gives you a lot of joy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that true? Yes, I believe that also. Now, one more time, if you want to get in touch with Bradley Fields, it's www.bradleyfields.com. If you get in touch with him ahead of time through his website, he is available for uh, conferences or you know events, doing shows. I did want to ask you one question so I'm clear on this. When you spoke about public speaking without magic, what is that? What do you mean? Oh, like, for example, I did... Um... I do stuff for teachers. I talk, I did a whole thing where um, uh, we had uh, the Queens College put on something called uh, Time 2000, T-I-M-E 2000, and they had a whole bunch of high school kids coming who were thinking about going into math, for example, becoming math teachers. So I spoke to them and gave them a, a keynote. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling more jo- I used to be really, you know something, Joe, when I was young, people said, drop the magic, just be a comedian. And for some reason I hung on, but now I'm getting my funny back, so I'm doing a lot more of that. <laughs> oh, so you, you mean you also do comedy acts? Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I stopped for a long time. I always loved the magic, and I knew if I wanted to go somewhere in show business, I would have been smarter to just to be a comedian because there's so many more outlets, you know, television and so forth. But I stuck with the magic, but now I'm just having fun. And, um, uh, you know, the, the magic I use uh, sort of as an adjunct in these things, right? I give talks to people and educational. I tell jokes and that kind of thing. So that's, those are a lot of fun. And, well, um, Bradley, I want to thank you for being on the show today. We were honored to have you. Um, you are delightful. You are someone that lives life. Uh, and, and we really enjoyed having you. Thank you, Joyce. It's a thrill. All right. And you know I end every show with a quote from a famous civil rights leader or from someone in the industry. But today we're going to use a quote for, actually from a known entertainer today, Clay Aiken. Since we have one celebrity on, here's another celebrity that said, The message I will share is that inclusion is extremely important for kids with and without disabilities. And that is what it's all about. That will be the day we have magic, folks, when we have full inclusion. Thank you again. Thanks for being with us, Brad. Thank you, Joyce. All right. You're listening to Joyce Bender. Tell your friends you heard Bradley Fields on Voice America. 
www.voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, where disability matters. See you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com.